Coach Nikki Lee. Today we are going to talk about conscious relationships. And you're thinking, well, I'm always conscious if I'm in a relationship. But nope, nope, nope. We're going to go. We're going to go a little deeper than that. And to talk about that, I've got a conscious relationship coach with me here today, and she's going to talk to us, and she's going to help us understand what that means and how it works. So, Jessica Hendrick, how are you today? I'm great, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you could be with me today. And I think I think we're going to help the listeners get an idea of how to have a deeper, better relationship. What do you think? I think that is so needed right now, especially right now on the planet. So, I'm happy to, to share. You got into coaching, I'm, I'm thinking, from, from reading through your bio, because of things that happened in your life. Is that right? Absolutely true. Yes. I feel like my life was my training program. <laughs> I know. I, I love how the, you say that your life was your case study. <laughs> yes, it absolutely was. That is for sure. You know, I, I read that and I'm like, that's a good way to put it. I, I usually, you know, <laughs> explain it with more words than that, but that's that's concise, and I like it. I like that. I might have to use that one day. But, you know. Yeah, I would keep you all day if I explained all of the things to you <laughs> that makes that true. So, but yes, absolutely. My life was my my case study, my training, all of it. I I think it's it gives us credibility, and I well, I I use a lot of my personal experiences on here. And I I do that because I think it helps the listeners and I think it helps our clients to connect with us better. It helps what we're saying resonate with them better. And I know when, when I'm talking to somebody or I'm trying to get help from somebody, I like to work with somebody who I really feel understands what I'm going through you know it's it just <clears throat> when you really need help it's nice to know the person gets it that they understand where you're at and especially when you need to make changes or you need to do something big it's nice to know the person understands what what you're going through you know what Absolutely. You need, and especially when you're struggling, you know, when you're struggling, yeah. I, I hate when you're struggling with something and the person goes, oh, I understand. And you're like, no, you don't. You haven't got you a clue. Don't. You don't. Know, <laughs> yeah. you know, or, or when you're when you're really sick and you're you're just feeling horrible and you're trying to deal with something and the person goes, oh, I know how you feel. And you're sitting there going. No, you don't. 
you haven't got any idea, you know. It it just it doesn't help. It just doesn't you know No, they, it they doesn't. Help, but it does not help, you know. So it just I, I was I was talking about this yeah, probably a month or so ago and and we were talking about how and and he was giving the example of somebody who they were they were going through something I think it was open heart surgery and the the person was was feeling really bad and I, I first time I went through open heart surgery it it made all the difference to just see that the person had the same scar I did I I knew mm-hmm. they'd been there I mm-hmm. knew that they did understand they did know yeah. how massive it was to go through it and just how overwhelming it was to try to go through the recuperation process you know and and so many things in life are like that it just when when the person and and sometimes it's they they just need to say one or two things to help you know oh they do get it and it's such a feeling of relief that the person does mm-hmm. understand you know? so i think it's so wonderful that, that most every coach i know has been through what they're helping people with so it's, right. it just makes a difference so do you want to give Absolutely. the listeners a little bit, because it, it would take a while to go through everything, but you want to give them just a, a little snapshot of some of what brought you to coaching? Yes, I would love to. So in a nutshell, for <laughs> most of my adult life, I really struggled in my relationships, uh, relationships of all kinds, but mostly romantic, because I think the romantic relationships are where that person is usually the closest person to us and they really mirror back to us whatever is going on within ourselves. And so in that way, they can be, you know, some of the most challenging relationships that we experience. And I had, you know, years where I just dated people that were very unavailable. And then, you know, when I did have a relationship, it was very toxic and, just the dynamics that I kept creating unknowingly in my life were so devastating because all I really wanted was to have a partner and someone to share life with. And I couldn't understand why do I keep, you know, attracting people that don't want what I want or why am I attracted to the people that are unavailable or why am I, you know, allowing myself to be in a relationship that's really unhealthy and really toxic? So it was really, really challenging. And, you know, my friends were in relationships, getting married, having kids, and I was kind of thinking, like, what's wrong with me? Why not, why not me, you know? Right. Um, so that's kind of a snapshot into some of the challenges that I had. Understood. Well, and I think a lot of people understand that because – it seems like most of us at one time or another have gone through the very same thing, you know, yeah. can take a lot to get out of that and past that. It's a little bit frustrating <laughs> when, mm-hmm. when you're doing that and just wondering, you know, what, what is the problem and what do I do about it? But exactly. I, you know what? I think we can probably help them with that. What do you think? I think we absolutely can help them with that. This is why I love coaching, and this is one of the reasons I have a radio show. All right, so tell me, first of all, what's your favorite thing about coaching? My favorite thing about coaching is actually kind of, you already, you already touched on it, but just giving my clients a safe space to come and feel seen and heard and really loved 
and supported. Because when I was growing up, I didn't feel really very supported in many different ways. And so to be able to give that to people, to give them something that maybe they've, they've wanted or needed for most of their lives is such a gift. So that's what I love. And just letting people know that they're not alone, like you said. Like they're not alone. I've been through it too, and they don't have to walk this path alone through their struggle. I love that. You know, it's funny. I have, I really didn't think about this as a kid because, I mean, I I had all these people that were around me that I knew cared, but I don't know that I really... And I knew they were there for me, but it was it was very conditional. Mm-hmm. It definitely wasn't yeah. unconditional. You know, it was as long as I did certain things mm-hmm. that they all expected they were there. But if I wasn't the person that they all, ex- well, okay, let's say when, when I got a little older and s- started thinking for myself, I realized just how conditional it all was. So, right. yeah. 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 <laughs> so. that's, that's great, though, because when we have awareness, uh, over, you know, or, or awareness of the patterns that we've developed as kids, you know, in order to survive or get what we needed in our house, in our house as children, we carry those beliefs with us into adulthood and they play out in our relationships. So having that awareness of, you know, actually it was kind of conditional in the home I grew up in. And I actually would rather change that now. I don't want to keep playing that out as an adult. So I think that awareness is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, like I said, it's, it's amazing the things that, it, it's interesting because one of my best friends now, we, we grew up in the, the same, well, the same religion and the same group of friends. And we, we have the most enlightening conversations now. We, we never would have as kids because it was just, it was our normal, you know. But we discuss things now and it's like, wow, you know. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting, very interesting conversations. It's amazing how talking and, and just kind of discussing certain little things is just, I mean, you have all kinds of light bulb moments. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. But For very, sure. Very enlightening to say the least. Mm-hmm. How does our subconscious mind work and how does it impact our relationship with other people, like triggers and reactions and that kind of thing? And how can we learn from that? Because I think there's a whole lot there that we can learn. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, So that question is is amazing and there's a lot of layers to it. But basically, our our subconscious mind really dictates, I think it's over 95% of our day-to-day functioning. So Mm -hmm. it's really important to know what is going on in our subconscious. Um, Some of the things, most of the things really serve us in our lives, you know, like how how to drive a car, riding a bike, brushing our teeth, you know, a lot of patterns that we have that are, that are healthy that are just in our subconscious. But there are these beliefs that, that we have imprinted in based on experiences that we've had in the past, usually as children, 
and it could be you know any time that we experienced a high state of emotion. So when we're little kids and we're growing up, we're, we're like little sponges, and we're trying to make sense of the world. And so any experiences that we have, our brain sort of takes it in and, and creates you know, whatever we need to do to survive in our environment. So I'll give you an example. For me, as a kid, I was very emotional, and my parents had no clue what to do with me. They had no idea. And so I developed a belief in my subconscious that I have to be perfect to be lovable. If I could only be perfect, then I will be lovable. And so we, we imprint certain things like that, and it, it sounds something like, you know, I'm not enough, I'm alone. We each have our own little set of these beliefs, but they sound similar. And it's our brain trying to keep us safe. And so for me, my brain was like, if you are perfect, you will be lovable. So you need to be perfect as often as you can. And of course, we know perfect doesn't exist. Right. But this, then I carry this with me into my relationships, you know, not only with romantic partners, which is where it showed up the strongest, but in, you know, relationships with bosses and coworkers and my need to be perfect actually created a lot of discord for me in my life. So once we have awareness of these beliefs, we can start to kind of choose differently. And so first we uncover, well, where did that even come from? So I was lucky enough to do this work with a coach and uncover all of the beliefs that weren't serving me. And one of them was I have to be perfect to be lovable. And then I started to look back at all of my relationships and I realized, oh my gosh, I was just playing out this belief system. And I would pick the perfect person, the perfect situation to prove myself right that I have to be perfect. And so that's where our power lies because when we can recognize the pattern, we can realize, oh my gosh, we've just been playing it out like a movie based on our beliefs. And so we can choose differently, but the awareness is the very first step and the, one of the most important steps because if we're not aware, then we can't change anything. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and we've got to <clears throat> find those patterns in order to start the process and being aware, like you said, of those patterns. Yeah. Oh, actually, I did a, um, I did a show where I, I did like a uh, live session with somebody who was, was saying that she couldn't, she couldn't find love and it was driving her crazy and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, oh, it's not going to work, it's not going to work and all this. And, and so we, we did kind of a, a loose session on, mm-hmm. you know, on the show and all this. And she, she was disagreeing with me with some of the things I said and, and all this. And, you know, within less than a year, she found somebody and very, very happy. So it was... Uh, Love it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And it really, at first, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow, right? Because it's like... Yeah. Wait, you're you're saying that I'm causing all this? I'm causing exactly. This? It's like what? But then it's like wait, wait, yeah. At first, it's like no, I'm not. It's them. They're doing it, you know. But you know, and it's not to say you know some. It's a dynamic, right, between two people. But we have our part, and if we are kind of recreating the same situation over and over again, and we learn, okay, we're the common denominator. As much as it sucks, 
or the common denominator, but if we can shift ourselves and do our work on ourselves, we can change our life experiences, and that is really where our power lies. So it's a, it's a bit of a rude awakening at first, but then I believe it's empowering. It is very. Well, it's like, okay, you can't change everybody out there, but no. you can change your choices. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Start yes. there. <laughs> you know. Yes. And and you don't know because you know you have to get kind of clear too on what you'd like to create because if you if you get distracted like I call it shiny object syndrome. If yep. you if you meet somebody and you think oh that you know they're really funny and they're really smart and they're really cute but you know maybe they have totally different core values than I do but who cares because they're really cute or whatever and it's. But once you get clear on what you want to create, you go into it with a totally different kind of energy and, and just almost like an observer right. when, you're, when you're meeting with someone, like in the dating process. Right. Hey, you mentioned a phrase that says, does not serve you. Yeah. People that may not have heard that before, what does that mean? So basically, any... You know, I believe that our beliefs play out in our lives every day, right? So we may as well energize the beliefs that are supportive to us. So certain beliefs like maybe things are always, things always work out. Things are always working out for me. You know, that would be a belief that probably would serve us. But a belief that, you know, I'm alone or people always leave or life is hard is not going to serve us because we're going to then look out in the world, and this is under our conscious awareness, but we're going to look out in the world and prove ourselves right. So we might see, you know, 10 things that, that don't align with our belief. Like if we think life is hard and we see all these beautiful things in the world, we won't see that. We will pick the one thing that proves to us that life is hard. Right. And this is not this isn't in our awareness, so we don't do it on purpose, but we, we create a self-fulfilling prophecy based on our belief system. True, true. Well, and I, I, I actually asked the wrong person this question this morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> inside joke. Um, if, if something serves you, it's a benefit to you. It, and it helps you, it's positive and healthy for you. And if something doesn't serve you, then it makes your life more difficult, it's unhealthy, and it doesn't work for you and makes your, you know, it's, and it's a struggle for you. So it would be something that you would want to avoid. Um, and I had another idea with something you just said, and it just psh, gone, just like that. Um, it happens to me all the time lately. <laughs> I know. Well, I looked outside and saw somebody weed eating, and just it's just like that, just gone. Um, <laughs> I hate when that happens. Um, me too. <clears throat> it'll come back. It will. It will at the wrong time, but it'll, <laughs> as soon as we're finished, it'll come back. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll come back later. So. You know, and, and there's this, this saying, and I'm not going to remember it right, um, but if you think you're right or you think you're wrong, whichever one you think mm -hmm. you're going to be right, because yes. you, you know, is is that right? I mean, that's, that's close. Yes, exactly. 
Yeah, it's, you know, it's, I think it's whether you think you're, whether you think, what is that saying? It's like whatever you think is, is going to be the truth for you. So it's like yeah, if you think you're wrong, you're wrong. If you think you're right, you're right, you know? <laughs> I, yeah, don't, well, I can't think of the exact thing. I, I, it took me the longest time to actually believe that, but the thing is, it's you. You control so much more than you realize. But what you mm-hmm. think and what you say. But I mean, if you if you keep thinking things are horrible and life is tough and and yeah. things are bad, you know that, that's just like that's just like all these people that that keep spouting all this hate and all this anger and all this kind of stuff. Yes. Amen to that. Yeah. Your your life is going to be hate and fear and anger. Because yes. that's all you're putting out there. Okay, if you're yes. if you and I'm not getting political, I swear I'm not, and I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need any more of that right now. But if yeah. if your thoughts are constantly on hate and fear and anger that's what you're going to be surrounded by. You aren't going to mm-hmm. see sunshine and roses because that's not what you're surrounding yourself with. That's all yeah, I'm going to say about exactly. that. Exactly. Okay? I'm getting off of that yeah. topic. But I mean, I'm just totally just, with just you. You know, I'm totally with you on that topic because there's so much, and I I don't also I won't get political either. But there's so <laughs> much division. There's so much division going on right now. Like you know, whatever you believe whatever is going on in the world, you know, the division is like the problem, in my opinion, is one of the biggest problems. It's like me against you, you're wrong, I'm right, yada, yada, yada. And like energizing the hate, like you're saying, the fear, energizing the fear and the hate, and that just perpetuates it. But I will say, you know, if you have a habit pattern of thinking, which I did for many, many years, I was really depressed, and I just, I could not even see another way of thinking. And so this is why, you know, it's helpful to have support. So whether you decide to work with a coach or a therapist, like you're not alone. And, you know, I had years where I thought, you know, life is awful. Life is hard. Life is the worst, you know. And I, even if someone had said these things to me back then, I would say, what planet are you from? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But now I get it. But it does take a minute because whatever our belief system that we formed, you know, we formed it for a reason, usually as a survival pattern as children. So if we've been playing it out for however many years, however old we are, it takes a minute to rewire and shift. But that is what that's what I'm here for, and I know you help your clients too, Nikki, with, with things like this. So, yeah. Well, and, and we're, I think- we're, not, we're not saying all it takes is having a happy attitude. I'm not, that's, that's not what I'm saying. No. Yeah. That, that, okay, it's not that easy. We both know that because we've gone through the work to, to make the change. Yeah. But one of, the, one of the important things is surrounding yourself with people that are going to lift you up. Okay. If, yes. if you're if you're fighting this kind of stuff and you're around mm-hmm. other negative people, that's not going to help you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if if you're if you already have this kind of attitude and you're already feeling bad and feeling down, and you surround yourself and it's that's a that's kind of a normal thing. If you're already thinking things are bad, it's amazing how the other people with that attitude kind of gravitate mm-hmm. to you. It's like because a magnet. That's, well, that's what you're attracting. 
That's what you're yeah. attracting because you're like, oh, yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They think what I do. They do. And Well, look yeah. at Facebook. Look at Facebook. Who who gravitates to that attitude? It's the very same people. Mm-hmm. But exactly. You, you want to be around other people who are, and not on Facebook. Good, don't, don't. That's not what I'm saying. Who hell, heaven, no. <laughs> but surround yourself that with people that are gonna gonna encourage you to be more positive. That kind of thing. So that's yeah, sure. that is a really really good thing. You know what I you know what I remembered, Nikki. I remembered the quote. It's it's whether you think you can or you think you can't. You're right. There you go. That's it. That's it. We, we were all the way around it. All yeah. the way around, um, yes. But like exactly what you said, you know, and, and there's also another one. I think it's you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Yes. So like you said, you want to surround yourself with people that, that see the light in you, that, that are supportive, that allow you to be where you're at. Like some of my closest friends, you know, if I'm having a bad day, they just oh, let me be where I'm at and, and remind me of the beauty within me, you know, yeah. and I didn't have that years ago. I didn't. I was surrounded, like you said, with people that also felt, you know, really depressed and thought life was awful. And, you know, we numbed ourselves in various ways, like going out and drinking or, or you know, trying to find men or whatever. And that just right. made it worse. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Now, what about people pleasing? Ooh, yes. We all know people pleasers. They even <laughs> may even have some people pleasers on the call. I mean, they're listening. <laughs> Why is it that that doesn't really help or serve anybody? Such a good question. So, well, people pleasing is a really interesting one because if you dive deep enough into it and you really look at it, you know, we think we're, we're doing what the other person wants or needs from us so that we can make them happy, right? And, and mm-hmm. you know, be a good friend, be a good daughter, be a good sibling, whatever. But when you dive deep enough and you realize that, you know, if you have to abandon yourself and do something to, you know, quote, unquote, make someone else happy, then well, no, you're not like actually... What is yeah. I want to interrupt you for a second. Sure. Are we actually being a good friend or good daughter or good sibling or are we appearing to be a Ap- good sibling? Yes, appearing, appearing because we're not showing up as our authentic version of ourselves. If, if right. we are, you know, thinking before we look after ourselves, just going to what do they need? What do they need from me? And, you know, you can get so depleted so fast when that's how you're operating. And a lot of it comes, again, like from a deep-rooted belief that I have to be a certain way in order for people to love and accept me. So a lot of people-pleasers have the tendency to kind of shape-shift or become a chameleon based on who they're around or who they're with. But the right. reason that doesn't, that doesn't serve anyone is because, well, there's a few reasons, but, you know, a lot of times we want to please someone because we don't want to sit with the discomfort of being true to ourselves and just letting the cards fall where they fall. You know, it's easier for us to just do what we think is needed versus stand in our power and do what's best for us with kindness. 
Does that make well, sense? Not, we're not being true to ourselves. And a lot of times, if you're doing that, it's superficial. Yes. And they know it's superficial. People you're only it. doing it to get something from them. I mean, it's superficial yeah. all the way around most times. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I really believe that if we're being true to ourselves, if we're honoring ourselves, that is the best thing we can do for anyone in our life because, you know, I can't show up as the best version of myself if I'm constantly, you know, overgiving and trying to please everyone and just putting myself on the back burner. You know, right. I can't be I can't be a loving friend or I can't be, you know, a supportive daughter or a good partner if I'm always, you know, so worried about what other people think and meeting their needs before filling my own cup. Well, and we're letting you're you're also letting that person take advantage of you. Yeah, which which isn't yeah. isn't healthy for either one of you. Exactly, and it's not. It's really an interesting thing because you know I have I have a specific client, and this is his main area of of growth, like just releasing the need to be a people pleaser. And he came to me one day and he said, "Oh my gosh, I had an epiphany. I realized that I'm doing this for myself." He said, it's actually on some level a little selfish because I don't want to be uncomfortable. So I'm going to, you know, make myself into a pretzel or a chameleon and be whatever they want me to be so that I don't have to be uncomfortable if, you know, they're, they're disappointed or whatever. So I was like, yes, yes, yes. That's, that's such a good <laughs> insight. Don't you love when, when, like, you see them light up and you're like, yes. Oh. My favorite, my favorite. Yeah, and he's he's doing so well, just honoring himself. And you know, something that really helps him and might help some other people is just knowing that you know when you're true to yourself, the people who are aligned with that will come into your life and and will honor you where you're at. And the people that aren't, the people that don't like it, will fall away. And that's actually a good thing, right? Because we don't we don't want you know, those kind of connections that, like you said, that, that would be conditional based on like, well, you're just always giving or you're always, you know, being whoever they want you to be at the expense of your own self-care. Right. You know, it's, it's amazing when people that are taking advantage of you disappear from your life, you don't miss them. No, you may you think don't. You do, but you just don't miss them. I, I I can tell you this from experience. I got a long list of them, and yeah. it just no. And you have all this free time for other people because it's it's interesting, and I, I've tried to explain this to people. If if somebody is taking up a space in your life and they're using you or treating you bad or whatever, they're taking up a space that a good yeah. person could be in. So, yes, Nikki. Oh my gosh, you're speaking my language right now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we have yep. to create space. And sometimes that comes in the form of a breakup. Like that's been one of the hardest things for me in my life is like, oh my gosh, something has to leave so that something more aligned can come in because yes. in relationships sometimes, you know, we're at a certain level of alignment for a little bit and then you know, you go in a different direction and, and it can be really painful and, 
but you know you have to create space. And even I even did something kind of funny, but it, I feel like it worked. When I wanted to call in my partner, I actually created physical space in my home too. So I had I emptied out a couple of drawers. I emptied out the nightstand on the other side of the bed, and I just created space. You know, space for someone to enter. And I don't know now it's all filled up with. Yeah, now it has all his stuff in it. So I'm like, well, <laughs> that's kind of cool. See, literally creating space. Very good. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's just the intention behind it, but actually having like open space, you know, in our hearts, in our minds, in our homes. Just a, And sometimes there's a bit of a gap between, you know, something leaving and then something new coming in. So I also always, I'm always trying to clean out you know, my closets and things and letting the, that stuff go so that more, more aligned things can come in. That's good. Now, now I'll tell you what, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift us just a little bit to like one of, sure. one of my favorite topics. And that's filling ourselves up with love first. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I think that's so important. And I think we aren't taught that. So. No, you definitely aren't. <laughs> well, well, yeah. now, no, let me let me tweak that just a little bit. I I think some of us are taught in a very unhealthy way to fill ourselves up with love first in a very unhealthy, selfish way, yeah. which is not good. Yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. I'm talking about loving and accepting and loving ourselves in a a healthy, nurturing way so that we're more prepared for a healthy, loving relationship with another person also. Exactly. Yes, that it really is the key. And I feel like it can sound like a bit of a like a bit of a cliche, like you need to love yourself, you need to fill yourself up, but it, it's just the truth. And you know, when I was first learning this, I was I would ask people, how do you love your how do you do that? How do you love yourself? And Someone said to me, um, and it was so helpful, because I thought it was kind of like a mountaintop, like you climb up to the mountain of loving yourself, and then you stand up on the mountain, and you've achieved it, right? And it's like, well, actually, she explained it to me, you know, each day, you just choose, you know, loving things, that how can you be supportive to yourself today? What do you need today to feel peace or to feel joy and how can you give that to yourself? And that really helped me because I thought, oh, okay, so it's like a day-to-day thing. It's not like this this elusive, oh, this is how you love yourself program. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a daily practice. True. Well, the thing is, if, if you're not currently doing it, it can be a program where you, you oh, kind of sure. learn how to do it. You know, and then then once once you figure it out and you get to that point with yourself, then then you you want to keep it up on a on a small way, you know, small daily kind of thing, yeah. kind of kind of like you do when you're dating somebody and then you get into a relationship or you know a committed relationship and then married and then you continue it daily after that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think sense. I misspoke. What I meant is like there's no you don't you don't get to this point where you're like you know okay now I love myself and it's like it's like working on your relationship with yourself every day and yes you can absolutely learn strategies and tips and tricks on how to love yourself and fill yourself up first 
for sure. It, it's not the kind of thing that you just kind of graduate from and then you're done. That's what, yes, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Yes. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Completely agree. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was that was like I had a, I had a guest about a month or two ago, and he thought that instead of getting married at the beginning of a relationship, it should be like the culmination, and that's the prize that you get for for years of of like successfully being together. And yeah. I said, well, that's an interesting philosophy. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> yeah, I, that I, is interesting. I never know what my guests are going to come up with next. I just, I just never know. <laughs> I bet. But I, I had never had somebody suggest that the wedding should come at the end of the relationship. It's like, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I used to work with, with elderly people in a former life as an occup- occupational therapist. And one of this couple that I worked with, they were in their 90s. So I think she was 95, he was 98. And okay. I asked them, you know, what is the secret? Because anytime I've met a cute couple, I would always ask them, what's the secret? And they said, we've had every possible fight you could ever have, and now we're done. (laughs) I I would think at 95 and 98, you have have easily had a whole lot of fights, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're good. They've figured it all out. They're like, this, this is, we've done it all. We've thought about it all and worked it all out, and here we are. I would think at that point you should have, yeah, you should you should definitely have it. Wow, hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. That that's too cute. Yep, we're done. Figured it out. I, I that's yep. like the joke where the the man always calls his wife babe and honey, and they say, "Why you do that?" He said, "Forgot her name thirty years ago." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and this couple too is really funny because they met, I think, when they were teenagers. So they've been together that long. Oh and wow. He had a tattoo on his arm with a heart with her name in it. And then she had a tattoo of just a heart and no name in it. So I asked her, Where's his name? And she said, Well, I wasn't sure if I if I was gonna stay with him, so <laughs> So after 80 years, she, she still hadn't decided. She left it open. Yeah, she left her heart open, just in case. <laughs> that's, oh, that's funny. At some point, at some anniversary, she could have had it done, you know? Yeah, she might. You never know. She's 95 now, maybe 96. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe, maybe. Wow. <laughs> he, should, he should spring for that for 96. I oh, agree. I can I can see it now. It, wow, that's too funny. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I sounds like it. She reminds me of my grandma actually. She uh, she was so funny. She was going out with, on on a date with somebody in her late late eighties. She might have been ninety by then. And uh, she she got tired. Of, she lived in this very 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 small town, and um, she got tired of the all the the women gossiping. Right, as she went out with a new person, <laughs> so she <laughs> told the told this man that asked her. He kept asking her out and asking her out. And she finally says, "Okay, all right." She says, "But we have to go out in another town, and, and another town is like 15 miles away." <laughs> and, and she says, "I don't want the, those old women old gossiping about us." So <laughs> she says, that's amazing. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you know, you know those those seniors talk at, at you know senior center stuff. So. 
All right, so how about taking 100% responsibility for how we show up, not blaming other people for things that we do wrong. I love, love people being accountable for their own actions. Yeah. And that, that seems to be something people don't like to do a whole lot. Yeah. It's not as popular now as it has been other times in life. Yeah, no, it's definitely not popular. Um, but it, it's so important, and it goes back to, you know, we see the world through our own filter, right? So, yeah. you know, every single person has had different experiences and different things in their life, and so the way that I interpret something could be different from the way you interpret something based on our mm -hmm. past, right? And so when we know that, we, we can take responsibility if we're having, you know, a challenge in a relationship and we're interpreting something in a certain way and, you know, the person that we're engaging with is not, right? And so that's where we come into, I think you asked before about triggers. Someone could, you know, say or do something that actually reminds us of something in, in our past that has very little to do with the person in front of us, if anything, so, you know, my, part, my partner, um, sometimes he will, he, he wants to listen. So he'll just listen so intently that he doesn't respond verbally. And that actually reminds me of my mom when she used to kind of just dismiss me and not respond to me. So it's a trigger for me. So in that moment when I get triggered, I need to take 100% responsibility that, you know, this is my stuff. And it doesn't really have much to do with him, if anything. So I think we're each responsible for how we, how we show up. Uh, but like you said, it's not a popular opinion. Um, and there is a difference between responsibility and blame. So being responsible right. doesn't mean blaming, but, you know, just owning your own patterns and, and the way that they show up in relationship and sharing it with whoever you're dealing with, you know, if it's safe can be a total game changer because otherwise, you know, you're projecting your stuff onto them. They're projecting right. your, their stuff onto you, and it can become a big, huge loop that really has not much to do with the current circumstance. So, True. you know, that's, that's kind of where I stand with, like, taking responsibility. But I feel like it really frees us because otherwise we think, we're, we're the victim, like, they're doing this to me, and how dare they, and blah, 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 instead of thinking, well, what is this situation showing me about me? Like, what is this bringing up for me that is helpful for me to know about myself? So for me, it's like when he doesn't respond, I go back to, like, when I was a little kid, my mom wouldn't, wouldn't respond, and so it makes me panic in my body. So it's good to know these things versus like I could just stay in the loop of, well, if he would just respond, then everything would be fine, <laughs> you know? But, <laughs> but the gem of it is linking it back to well, what is this bringing up for me? Because then we can know ourselves on a deeper level and really master our, our, ourselves, like have a level of self-mastery. Well, and, and, you know, I think even... I've got this theory, and, and we'll see if you agree, that mm -hmm. every relationship we've ever had, the good, the bad, the ugly, the whatever, and no matter how long it's lasted, we've learned something about ourselves 
and about what we do and what we don't want in relationships. What do you think? A hundred percent. You know, it's, yeah. it just, and I, I think even some of the most valuable things are what we don't want in relationships, you know, because. Yes, totally. It's. Because when I you know what you don't want, you know what you do want. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you know, people are like, oh, I just, I, I just, that was a horrible relationship. I don't even want to think about it. It's like, no, you know, you really should because it's so valuable to realize what you don't want in a relationship because then when you find a good person, you value those things that you do want. Yeah. You know, and, and like That's you said, you you sure. may not have known the things that you want and need in a relationship until you know what you don't want. And it's like, you know, yeah. I don't want that, but I need that. You know? Right. It helps us oh. refine, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, it's, it's so much easier to know what you want in a relationship than to figure out the things that you actually need in a relationship. Yeah, that's true. You know, and the needs are more important. They just are. Yeah. Especially yeah. for a long-term relationship. That's yeah. actually kind of cool. I like that. <laughs> I just yeah, thought about so that. true. Yeah. But um, it just, I was I was talking to a friend of mine, and she, I actually met her because she was dating a friend of mine, actually my brother's best friend, and uh, it, it, it did not end up well, and uh and, and she complains about him. I said, okay, well, number one, we wouldn't have met if you hadn't dated him. She's, okay, I have to give him credit for that. You know, <laughs> you know. and I said, I said, but okay, but here's the thing. I said, I saw some of the other guys you dated. She's, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we were talking about, well, at one point she was dating a whole bunch of guys and, and don't remember any of their names, but we, we remember every car they drove because she, like, called them by their, their car names. You know, so we we were actually we were joking about that the other day when I went in to have my hair done, and um, so <laughs> you know you know BMW, Porsche, they all had, they all had really sweet cars actually. Um, so but funny. she she's very very good, very very cute. Um, but I told her I said okay now now no matter what we want to say because he 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 did have some good qualities. He had some real problems, but he had some good qualities. But I said now. Consider who you're with now and how happy you are and your wonderful little boy. Yeah. I said, now, if you hadn't dated him and you hadn't learned so much about yourself through dating him, would you have found the person you're with now? Would you have set your boundaries as good as you did with him? Mm-hmm. And would you appreciate him as much as you do? And she just yeah. gave me that look and she's like, Probably not. <laughs> it's so true. It's so just true. You have to trust the process. Happy. Yeah. It's it's all because when you when you do that and you actually look at it, and of course when one of your good friends is a coach, that helps too. But and, and it was so funny, right before she got married, we actually we went out to dinner and, and we were like having a coaching session over dinner. And and you should have, <laughs> the waitress was trying to like listen in. I'm like, okay, you need to, we'll call you when we need you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> it's amazing if you want to listen in on coaching know. sessions. You know, it's when, when you take the time and you actually 
analyze things, you know, and try to learn from your experiences, it is amazing the things you can learn about yourself. It really is. But, yeah, um, and we might as well, like if we have to go through something that's painful, we might as well, you know, milk it for all it's worth. Yeah, and learn, learn from what it. we need to learn. Yeah, yep. and get really clear on, okay, you know, my most toxic relationship, that makes me appreciate all the qualities, just like you said, that I have now in my partner. Mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful. And I, you know, I might not have appreciated that if I didn't go through such a horrendous <laughs> relationship, you know, that didn't have any of those qualities. I mean, the, the, it, all the information you need is there. You just have to find, you just have to get it. Yeah. You talk about creating a toolkit for your own peace. Mm-hmm. That sounds really, really cool. Tell us about that. For myself, um, at the end of that, that relationship that I was just mentioning, I was like on my knees in the most pain I've ever been in, just like I'm going to die kind of situation. Like I felt so broken. And from there, I started learning how to finally go within myself and, and kind of give myself what I needed versus looking for that in other people. And so, you know, I, I created a little bit of a, a toolkit of things that help me. So it's different for everybody, but, you know, meditation helped me so much just sitting with myself and just knowing that I'm safe and I'm okay, you know, exactly as I am with or without a partner was super, super helpful. Um, Prayer was really helpful for me as well. And, you know, having support. So I had, I had a therapist that I saw once a week, Um, getting out in nature is really helpful. So, you know, petting my cat was really helpful. (laughs) getting a list together of things that bring you peace. And it doesn't necessarily have to be happiness because sometimes I think it can seem like a really far off goal to try to become happy when you're in such a devastated state. But just Mm -hmm. like what can I give myself today to experience a little bit of peace, you know? And so that, that really helped me. And now I can always go back to that if I'm ever having a hard day or, you know, I love Louise Hay. She's one of my favorite spiritual teachers, authors, her books. If I'm having a bad day, I I go to her books and they're just so, it's like so nurturing for myself. So I think, you know, all of us can, can learn what works for us and what gives us that feeling of peace within ourselves and just give those things to ourselves, whatever they are. Right. Well, I, I like that point about, you know, sometimes happiness is, is not possible at certain stages, but just yeah. sometimes just peace of mind, you know, just saying, you know, I'm going to be okay. I'm just not there yet. Exactly. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm working to it. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there, but. Yeah, and letting yourself be where you're at is so important because you can't force your own, you can't rush your healing, you can't make it go faster than it's going to go. So it's right. like, you know, just sitting sitting with the, with the knowing that, okay, so this is one of those times where I feel like this and, and that's okay, we're human. Because I feel like right. our society, our society really 
almost makes it wrong to have a bad day or to feel depressed or to feel anxious. And it's like, you know, some of us, we just, that's kind of a part of who we are. And, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's okay. Well, the thing is, you, you need to feel and experience the emotions, all of them. Well, the thing is, though, sometimes people feel the need to over-dramatize it. Okay, you don't need to do that. You know, mm-hmm. feel feel it and experience it and then go on, you know? Yeah. Don't don't make it the end of the world if it's not. And they're doing they're doing the best they can. Like that's the thing cuz you know, we have to just honor people where they're at and just, you know, you can choose do I want this person in my life, but sometimes people are are just where they're at and there's not much we can do. It's a hard one, but How can people get clear on what they want to create in the relationship? And this this could actually be a whole thing. I'm going to have you back anyway. Okay. I'll tell you what, a little teaser. (laughs) What's the difference between what you want and what you need in a relationship? Let's do that, and then we'll delve into the other next time. Okay. So, I mean, I think it's different for everyone, but I'll use an example from my own own life. Okay. Um, what I wanted was, you know, fireworks and like just like chemistry that's like off the charts and all of that, right? That's what I wanted. Every okay. time I had that, it was not the healthiest, you know, right. and that's an, under, that was, that's an understatement. Um, what I need and what I have now is, you know, I'm, I'm attracted to my partner but it's such a, it's a healthier dynamic where, you know, he's consistent and he's nurturing and he shows up and he values me. So those are things that I, that I need in order to stay in my peace. So when I started asking myself, what do I need? Do I feel, how do I feel? I think that's a good question. Asking yourself, how do I feel in the presence of this person that I'm with? Do I feel calm? Do I feel anxious? Do I feel nervous? And, you know, with him, I always felt calm. And with the people that I felt really the chemistry off the charts, I was nervous a lot of the time. So hmm. I think our bodies sort of tell us what, what is serving us and what right. maybe isn't. It's a good example. I like that. Yeah. So next time we'll talk about how you can figure out the difference and how you can figure out what you want and what you need. Because like I said, they're they're not usually the same thing. And figuring yeah. out what you want is easier than figuring out what you need. Yeah, I would agree for sure. Well, I'd I love really to come back really and talk agree. about that. I, I also want to talk about society and how they really – mess with people as far as dating and relationships because I think mm. society does us no favors and and Hollywood oh, no. not helping at all either none no, definitely not turn yeah, off well, Netflix if you want to figure out how to have a relationship turn it off yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and it's so true like from the time we were we we're little kids you know the movies that we watch where a knight in shining armor comes to take the princess away and saves her. Like none of that is healthy. And, no. you know, romance, and the romantic comedies where, you know, 
you know, a lot of the theme a lot of the times is like, you know, the person's unavailable and then you strive and strive and strive and then and then they change and they become available for the relationship. Well and, it's like And have you noticed have you noticed in all the Hallmark movies the woman gives up her life and, and goes to be with the man? Oh all yeah. But one, yeah. All but one. I've only seen one of those where where the man leaves his life to go with her. I said, Finally Finally, yeah, there's one yeah. out of, what, 500? <laughs> yeah, I think it's starting to shift. I think it's starting to shift because I have I have a seven-year-old niece, and some of the movies now are more, uh, they're not so strong in that theme, but it really does, it does mess with us because it gets programmed mm-hmm. into our minds, and then we think that that's how it's supposed to be. And if our life doesn't look like that, which most people don't, we think, yeah. you know, well, what, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not, you know, married, or if I don't have a partner, or if I don't have a child by, you know, X, Y, and Z age, then something's wrong with me, and it's just, it's BS. <laughs> so, well, well, the family yeah. does, and the family is like, why aren't you married? Why? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. well, and like, my my mother's friends were like, why aren't you married? Yeah. I'm like, why is it your business? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's interesting, and people people think you know if if you're in a relationship like I've noticed that if you're in a relationship like good for you. So people will say, oh I've been married 50 years, oh good for you. But how do you know that it's a healthy marriage or a fulfilling exactly. relationship? Exactly. Like just because you've been together that long, I mean, it's you don't know the ins and outs. And let me tell you, you know, after working with a lot of people, you never know what's going on with people, and sometimes yeah. it's far better to be single. Like for me, it was far better to be single than to stay in that very toxic relationship that was just, you know, proving all those subconscious beliefs right for me. Yeah, it's just unreal. I I had a woman come up to me at my mom's funeral and complain to me for not being married and having grandchildren. And I'm like, this is not the day and you need to get out of my face. Wow. And and a friend of mine walked up behind me and looked at her and he says, you, he says, if I ever, ever run into you again, woman, and, and mm-hmm. she started to say something again, and it's like, no, don't. It, wow. Couldn't believe. Yeah. And it's their stuff. Like, it's her, it's her stuff, whatever's it in your aspect. It's, like, not about you, and it's, and it's not about us. It's like it. People project. Yeah, she's projecting her stuff, and but it can be hard when, especially in a very mm. sensitive moment like that. I, well, I, mm. Yeah, I, I have I have never seen her again, and don't plan to. I'm like, I yeah. wow, unbelievable. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's like you know what? I, I had this conversation with my mom. My mom was fine. I was fine. You need to butt out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's. It's so interesting and people, you know, and, and it can hit a trigger for us and especially in a moment where you're already upset, you're already, you know, you just lost your mom and then someone comes to you and says that, it's like, are you kidding me? Oh, something, like, something almost got hit and it wasn't a trigger, trust me. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, people, people, my, one of my friends says people can be people People are people sometimes. Not exactly the way I would have put it with her, but yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, I tell you what. How can people find more information about you? 
Well, you can go to my website. It's jesshendrick.com, and I would love to connect with you if you have questions. If you'd like to book a call with me, there's an option to book a free call and just chat about anything that you'd like to work on around relationships, even your relationship with yourself. So that you can find me there. And then I'm also on Instagram at jesshendrick111, and then on Facebook under jesshendrick. Very glad that you were here today. And I'll have the show and her information and a replay of today's show on my website at uh, readyforloveradio.com slash conscious relationship. Listeners, I'll be with you next time on Ready for Love Radio.